Hi, this is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossan, here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update for Cumberland North. Today is Monday, August the 1st, and my mission as MLA for Cumberland North is to represent you, the people. I work for you, the people of Cumberland North, building on a foundation of truth and justice, determination and dedication, servant leadership, honesty, and empowering all people. Together, we can build on the pillars of the strength of our veterans, on excellence for healthcare, poverty reduction, caring for our mother earth, entrepreneurship, and arts and culture. Today, Monday, is a holiday for some, but not for others. It's not a statutory holiday in Nova Scotia, but it's been a long-serving civic holiday for people in Halifax, Dartmouth, also known previously as Natal Day. However, last year, the province of Nova Scotia designated August the 1st as Emancipation Day to honor the anniversary of the British Parliament's decision to abolish slavery across the empire in 1834. So now, August the 1st, is known in Nova Scotia as Emancipation Day. It is still not a paid statutory holiday, but it is a non-statutory holiday that people can choose to take or not. And obviously that's something that many people have to discuss with their employer. A bit of history about the Emancipation Day. The Slavery Abolition Act was in 1833 and it took effect in 1834. It's really unbelievable when we learn about our history. When this act took effect, it freed about 800,000, 800,000 enslaved people of African descent throughout the British colonies. When you think about that number of people, Nova Scotia now has about a million people uh, for our population. So it's close to being the same number of people that currently live in Nova Scotia. That's how many people were slaves and enslaved. There were about 400 enslaved black people among the nearly 3,000 residents of Halifax alone in 1750, more than 13% of the population here. The International Day for the Remembrance of the Slave Trade and its abolition is observed on August 23rd in recognition of people of African descent in Haiti and the Dominican Republic fighting for their freedom in 1791, leading to their liberation from European colonizers. So on this day, whether you have a day off or not, I hope that everyone will take some time to think about our history, to think about uh, the Emancipation Day and what it means to us here in Nova Scotia and Canada and throughout the entire world. And I often think at times like this of the words that Winston Churchill once said, a nation that forgets its past has no future. Just emphasizing the importance for us to know our history, to know what was in the past and make sure that this never happens again. So in politics, last week was certainly an interesting one. Some of you that follow politics may be aware that the Premier, uh, Premier Houston, had recalled the Nova Scotia legislature. And so I was so pleased to be back in the legislature to address many of the issues and concerns that you, the people, have brought to me um, over the last few months. In particular, 
the high rate of inflation, high prices of gas, which is leading to high prices in food and other retail products, housing, and many other issues. But those are really are true emergencies, uh, as well as the continuation of the emergency in our healthcare system, namely no beds in a hospital and no paramedics and ambulances in times of emergencies. Uh, not always, but, but often. That is a, a continued problem day to day. But going back to the reason that the Premier uh, called us back into the legislature, a little bit of background. In the spring session of the legislature, all MLAs, including the Premier, agreed to a spring session, agreed in the spring session of the legislature that the Speaker could appoint an independent panel to review MLA salaries. Now, this is actually part of legislation. It's written in legislation that after every general election, the Speaker is to uh, call an independent panel to review salaries and make a decision on if there should be a change or not. Not surprisingly, the panel made recommendations for a raise and based this on the amount that other public service sectors employees would have been paid over the last 10 years. The independent panel review also made several recommendations on that were non-binding based on legislation and the premier chose not to accept any of the recommendations of this independent panel review and instructed the MLAs that were within his party to vote against all recommendations, including the non-binding ones, which were one was around childcare, trying to reduce barriers for women uh, and or single parents, could be male or female, to become an MLA. So they recommended to establish a fund that would be accessible for all parents to provide reimbursement of childcare expenses. And uh, so we had a very interesting discussion on that in the legislature, along with another of the non-binding recommendations that the panel made, and that was uh, regarding Section 6 of the House of Assembly Act, which was to practice nation-to-nation relationship building and consult Mi'kmaq legal scholars to revisit the Act's provisions for a Mi'kmaq representative. So quite surprised that that the Premier and his government did choose to not accept either one of those uh, non-binding recommendations as well. Now, if you're interested in learning more, I highly recommend you uh, to take some time to read the independent panel review. It's 360 pages long, so you can imagine the work that was put into this document by the three people that were chosen to, to be on this panel, but some just really good information on the economy of Nova Scotia and so many other uh, factors as well. So if you're someone that's interested in learning more, um, I would recommend you reading this 360-page independent panel review. I think you find it quite interesting. So on Tuesday, the, the government did table an amendment to the House of Assembly Act, which would uh, prevent any increase in MLA salaries. And then there was question period. Other than that, it was a pretty quiet day in the legislature. And then on Wednesday, during question period, um, I had an opportunity on behalf of you, the people, to ask the Minister of Health to provide written confirmation that there's no delays in the redevelopment plans for Cumberland County Regional Hospital. And if you recall back in December 2020, the former Premier made an announcement for uh, an expansion a redevelopment of the emergency department, which is sorely needed at Cumberland Regional, as well as an addition of a permanent 12-bed dialysis unit. And 
I do have some very legitimate concerns about delays in this redevelopment project. So on Wednesday in question period, I did ask the Premier uh, as well as the Minister of Health to provide something in writing for you, the people, to to prove that there in fact is no delays with this very important project. The government House Leader had asked me to vote in favour of a unanimous uh, vote so that the House of Assembly Act amendment could get rushed through the, the the legislature last week, which I didn't think was a good idea. I think our job as legislators is to actually be in the legislature. We sit the least number of days in all of Canada. Uh, it's kind of embarrassing, to be honest. I'm a hard worker, and I uh, believe that you, the people, should have the best representation and that the MLAs should be in the legislature more. Um, I would rather be the province that sits in the legislature the most and and have the best legislation because the fact is legislation is what guides policy and policy is supposed to be what guides the day-to-day operations of this province. So uh, that was on Wednesday and then on Thursday during question period I had an opportunity an opportunity to ask the Minister of Justice a question about an issue that is just continually coming up. Uh, People are coming to me asking for help around domestic abuse as well as uh, sexual assaults. And they're coming to me because they feel that there's lack, um, they're alleging that there is lack of law enforcement and lack of assistance from Crown attorneys um, for them as victims. So I did uh, have an opportunity to ask the Minister of Justice about this. Also, I took the opportunity to table a, a letter that I had received from RCMP shortly after the spring session of the legislature. It was mailed to me via registered mail, and I did table that letter. So if anyone's interested, you, you can look up in Hansard, which is the documents that are tabled and, and all of the recordings of everything that is said and done in the legislature. So you can look that up um, by Googling Nova Scotia Legislature and Hansard. But the, the premise of it is the victims that are coming to me and the victims that came to my former assistant, Kate Saxton, um, is very, very concerning. And back in the spring session of the legislature, we had asked for the policies that guide domestic abuse and sexual assault cases. So if a victim comes forward, what is the policy that law enforcement and Crown, Crown attorneys are supposed to be following in these situations? And unfortunately, um, the policies are not forthcoming. And um, these still, to this day, actually, have not been shared uh, with me as the MLA for Cumberland North. So I'm hoping that the Minister of Justice will help with this uh, and be a leader. It certainly is needed. It's really quite unbelievable and very sad, some of the cases that our people are bringing to me as the MLA for the area. And I must add that the victims that are coming to me with allegations are not just from Cumberland North, many are from Cumberland South, and I also have several from other areas of the province. 
So that was a main focus for me on Thursday. Friday in the legislature was Committee of the Whole House, and that was for, of course, the government bill that was tabled on on the amendment to the House of Assembly Act. And there was uh, amendments tabled by the NDP as well as the Liberals' uh, opposition parties, amendments that the bill accept the non-binding recommendations around child care as well as the Mi'kmaq representation. I I did speak to both amendments and I did support both amendments. I think having a stronger relationship with our Mi'kmaq, our Indigenous people, is incredibly important. And it actually states in the House of Assembly Act that that one seat in the legislature is for the Mi'kmaq people, which I've never seen. And it would be incredible to have a good, positive relationship with our Indigenous people and have representation in our Nova Scotia legislature as per what the legislation states. And the other non-binding recommendation around child care, the reason I supported that is I stand very strongly on the principle that there should be gender parity in governments. That means equal representation of uh, men and women. And we have not achieved that and we are far from it. But People that study this uh, gender parity issue, they they have certain recommendations that if we took them should lead to gender parity and having in particular more women in government. You know, I believe strongly that true de- democratic governments should represent the people, meaning uh, gender and other uh, things like ethnicity, race, um, So we need to be making decisions that actually will lead to that. We need to be making decisions that will lead to governments that reflect the people. And it's time that we actually take action on this. But unfortunately, the government did not pass either of these uh, amendments. I also will quickly let you know that I did table two bills last week that I'm hoping the government will consider and at least uh, take into consideration for future changes. One was called the Emergency Health Services Act Amendment, and it was an act to amend Chapter 5 of the Acts of 2005, the Emergency Health Services Act, and it's to create accountability for emergency ambulance services. So if you follow me as MLA, you'll know that I stand up and I'm I'm a voice for paramedics across the province uh, who contact me daily in um, deep frustration and often agony because they're so, um, they're working in such, under such duress where they're often being pulled, leaving their own communities, uh, not just Cumberland County, this is happening all throughout rural Nova Scotia, but they're leaving their own areas without any emergency ambulance services and it's causing them a lot of stress on the job. So I tabled this bill, which is asking that the minister ensure that any provider of ambulance services pursuant to subsection one report monthly to the minister on the following key performance indicators. A, time to dispatch the first ambulance after receiving an emergency call. B, the time for an ambulance to respond to a life-threatening event. And C, the time to release ambulances from hospital after a drop-off. So I believe that the private companies that are providing emergency ambulance services should be reporting their performance standards, uh, the measurements, key performance indicators, 
and that there must be accountability to ensure that they are meeting what the targets are that have been set. So that was the first bill. The second bill that I tabled was called the Health Authorities Act Amendment, and it was an act to amend Chapter 32 of the Acts of 2014, the Health Authorities Act, and it's to ensure the needs of the patient come first. And in this piece of legislation, I'm recommending that any administrator for Nova Scotia Health, which we have right now, the administrator appointed is Karen Oldfield. She's the CEO. And Premier Houston uh, removed the board of directors and appointed uh, Karen Oldfield as the CEO for Nova Scotia Health. Karen Oldfield is a very highly intelligent woman with a lot of great experience. She's former uh, chief of staff for John Premier John Hamm, and she ran the Halifax port here. However, she, Karen Oldfield has zero experience and education in healthcare other than personal. She doesn't have, uh, she's never studied medicine, she's never studied nursing, and uh, does not have any actual clinical experience. And based on my research, effective healthcare systems like the Mayo Clinic have CEOs that have education and expertise and experience in healthcare just kind of makes sense really that you have people leading a system that have experience in that. So the bill that I tabled uh, says an administrator appointed must have expertise in healthcare field and have healthcare administration experience and the administrator shall lead with a patient-centered approach always placing the needs of the patient first. So I did table uh, both of those bills making recommendations that I believe will make significant improvements to our healthcare system so that when you need healthcare, it's there in a timely manner and that you, the patient, comes first. So that's all today for for the update. I know uh, many of you, it's a holiday and uh, many of you listening are probably spending some great time with family and her friends and relaxing today. So um, I'll shorten my MLA update today and look forward to coming back next week with another MLA update for you for Cumberland North. Today on Monday, I'm in Halifax for a um, service for the Emancipation Day for the province. And tomorrow, Tuesday, I'll be back in the legislature for final third reading of Bill Houses of Assembly Act Amendment. So that's it today. Thank you so much for everyone at CFTA 107.9, Mr. Ron Bickle and James Hand. And have a great day, everyone. Take care of yourselves and take care of others.